Hey guys, welcome back to the Teen Jesus Sisters podcast, where we talk about what it's like to be high school girls following after Jesus. I know it might be a bit loud in the background today, but it's kind of late at night, so that's just what we're dealing with. I'm aiming for consistency here. But today we are doing a Bible study in Ecclesiastes 6. I've been going through Ecclesiastes alongside Psalms. I've just been picking another book whenever I finish the past one to go alongside Psalms in my Bible studying. So I'm going to go ahead and read out Ecclesiastes 6. There is an evil that I have seen under the sun, and it lies heavy on mankind. Underlining it lies heavy on mankind to come back to later. A man to whom God gives wealth, possessions, and honor, so that he lacks nothing of all that he desires. Yet God does not give him the power to enjoy them, but a stranger enjoys them. This is vanity. It is a grievous evil. If a man fathers a hundred children and lives many years, so that the days of his years are many, but his soul is not satisfied with life's good things, underlining his soul is not satisfied, and he also has no burial, I say that a stillborn child is better off than he, for it comes in vanity and goes in darkness, and in darkness its name is covered. Moreover, it has not seen the sun or known anything, yet it finds rest, underlining that, rather than he, even though he should live a thousand years twice over, yet enjoy no good. Do not all go to the one place. All the toil of man is for his mouth, yet his appetite is not satisfied. I'm underlining that entire verse 7. For what advantage has the wise man over the fool? And what does the poor man have who knows how to conduct himself before the living? Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the appetite. This also is vanity and a striving after the wind. I'm underlining appetite. Whatever has come to be has already been named, and it is known to man what is and that he is not able to dispute with one stronger than he. The more words, the more vanity, and what is the advantage to man? I'm underlining the more words, the more vanity. For who knows what is good for man while he lives the few days of his vain life, which he passes like a shadow. For who can tell man what will be after him under the sun? So that is 12 verses in Ecclesiastes 6, the entire chapter. Now I'm going to talk about some of the points I underlined. We don't have time to go through every single bit of this, but we're going to go through it. So number one, in verse one, it lies heavy on mankind. The evil that he's seen under the sun that this preacher has seen. And it just reminds us that we are not we are not inherently holy beings we are inherently sinful we are inherently evil 
we would have, I think, made the same choice that Adam and Eve did to choose sin and we honestly choose sin every day. So mankind is imperfect on our own. Next, in verse 3, at the end of, or in the middle of verse 3, it says, His soul is not satisfied, talking about this man that has fathered a hundred children and has lived a long time. For me, it just points out that we can't be satisfied unless we are choosing the joy of the Lord, the joy of Jesus, the joy of eternal things, because like he continues to emphasize in the next following verses, everything on this earth is temporary. It's going to pass away. What is our treasure now will become our trash. And I'm taking that from the Amen podcast. Um, I've learned a lot from the people on there. But it does become our trash, everything that we treasure here. Whether it's our grades in school, or our money and finances, our volunteer hours, even, you know, these families that we create here, it's all different in heaven. We don't necessarily have all of these things. Next, I underlined in verse 5, yet it finds rest rather than he. Again, emphasizing that, you know, the stillborn child... I'm not going to pretend I completely understand this, but this man, this father, in comparison to this stillborn child, has not been satisfied with what he's had. He has not chosen contentment with the things that God has given him. Instead, he is sought after more things. He has had this God-shaped hole in his heart. And that is worse than a child who never had the chance to experience these things. And it really just emphasizes how detrimental it is to treasure these things instead of heavenly, eternal, godly things. Next, in verse 7, All of the toil of man is for his mouth, yet his appetite is not satisfied. So, breaking this down a little bit. The toil of man, the work we do, the things we do in this world, are a lot of the times to satisfy us. However, we aren't satisfied. It's that concept of the God-shaped told. The reason why people, even after all these religions, all these meditations, all these things, they aren't truly satisfied how we aren't truly satisfied until we run to God. Our appetite cannot be satisfied by things on our own power, by things of this world. And then I underlined appetite again later in verse 9. And what really intrigues me about this is just the sense that we always want something again that god-shaped hole but i think we need to be filling it with god we need to desire more of god to know jesus better instead of wanting even food wanting all these little accomplishments and recognitions and accolades and then in verse 11, I underlined the more words, the more vanity. And it is amazing to me how often I've realized the Bible talks about the words that people speak. Like, especially in the Psalms, it's constantly emphasizing, David is constantly emphasizing the evil of men who 
speak many words. And it is said in um, actually Ecclesiastes 5, let not your mouth lead you into sin. Also pay what you vow. Therefore, let your words be few. Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. All these verses, and there's so, so, so many more, about the things that we speak, the things that we say, the way that we affect ourselves, our thoughts, and other people, the way that we talk to God. It is amazing. The power of our mouth and the power of our lips. It says here in verse 11, the more words, the more vanity. Vanity doesn't amount to anything true or eternal or godly. It simply passes away. These words that we speak, if they aren't built on an eternal foundation, they are words that pass away. And they can be evil words if they are not built on the foundation of Christ and his purposes. So that's kind of going to do it for tonight's Bible study. It's been a quick episode, but I do need to get to sleep. And I hope and pray that your week goes really well, that you trust in God, that we all do. Um, sometimes high school can be rough. <laughs> it can be a large workload or a strain relationships or just everything in between of us figuring out how to be woman of God in this world that doesn't want us to be. And so I just want to pray for you now. Lord, I pray for the guy or the girl on the other side of this, God, that you would guide them, that they would know that they are sealed with your Holy Spirit, that you give them so much power to glorify you, to do your will, Lord. And I pray that they would understand that you will equip them to what they are called to. I pray that Ecclesiastes 6 would just run in our hearts and minds throughout this week, that we would truly meditate on your word, that we would be consistent in our Bible reading, that we would be consistent and faithful in our relationships, and especially in our relationship with you. I pray just that you would bless them, that you would keep them, and let them always see the joy that you have to give them. Let them always choose that joy and not place their hope in these temporary things, but rather in eternal things. Thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, for the chance that you've given us to know you. And it's this joy that we have in life. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a blessed week, y'all, and I'll chat with you next week.